Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to You've Championed Yourself, Who Are You? I'm Chris Ferguson, and I'm your host. It has been a dream of mine my entire life to showcase ordinary people doing extraordinary things in life for themselves and for others. Those who have taken their dreams and their ideas and then turned it into the reality. That process is such a journey. So many people, these people that do this, they reach beyond their personal struggles or personal pains or personal traumas. And on that journey where so many people give up, these people don't lose hope. There are the few that can walk through their obstacles and challenges. They don't know where it's going to take them. They just know enough not to give up to do the follow through in their personal life, their career, and in relationships. And this is what I call a champion in life. Today, I have an amazing woman here. Her name is Dr. Lulu Simic. And she, I'm, I'm just going to be calling her Dr. Lulu, so everybody knows. Don't get, don't get twisted. Don't get twisted. But let's welcome Dr. Lulu to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today and talk about being a champion. <laughs> well, the thing is, is so many times we don't champion ourselves enough for the celebrations right, in our life. In the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just say, man, I did a great job. Mm-hmm. And if we did more of that, we wouldn't beat ourselves up so much. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so honored to have you. I'm so excited that you're here today because I was reading your backstory and I thought, oh my gosh, this is an amazing woman. And right now I'm empowering women. That's what I do since I've retired. Yeah. And so can we talk about your backstory? <laughs> sure. Where should I start? <laughs> um, where... How did you get your degree? And mm -hmm. then what got you on the journey to where you are now? Okay. <laughs> That's a great, great. I will start there. So uh, first it's Dr. Lulu Shimmick. <laughs> it's always, it's hard to say just so for everybody out there, but yeah, Dr. Lulu's great. <laughs> it's easy. Everybody calls me that. So easy to remember. And um, so I'm a naturopathic physician and how I came to be that in that place is really a great journey of transformation. I grew up in a household that my mom was always into healthy things. She was into uh, gardening and healthy foods and being outside in nature. And, you know, that to me was always a really big place in my heart. But as I grew up to be a teenager and, and hormones kicked in, I should say, I became the rebel. <laughs> and, <laughs> like um, most girls. Right. Yeah. I was a huge rebel and I just wanted to like try to just find who I was, but I had to feel like I had to really break the walls of conformity. I felt, you know, just like I got to get out there and see the world, so to speak. But, um, so I started really looking for my own aspects of I not at health. I was like on the kind of like the opposite end. I wasn't doing anything really in regards to my health. I moved, went to school in the University of Georgia in Athens, and um, I really was into natural cooking. Uh, I was doing a lot of pastry work, and I was like, okay, I want to go to this school in New York, a natural cooking school. And um, so I was like, I'm going to move to New York City. I'm like, okay, I, I got it all together. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't in, uh, in the school yet. Uh, they were, it was a, they're still active, I believe, but at the time they didn't have any loans. So I was like, I'll just figure it out. I'll move to New York. You know, <laughs> little did I know how, <laughs> what crowd crazy New York was. So I lived on a friend's couch for like a couple months trying to get my life together. And I, I got a job as a pastry chef and I lived in New York for about, about six to nine months. And then I was like, it just was so crazy for me. I have a, a I would say I have a great addictive personality when I can be drawn to things that are really healthy for me. And now I'm at a state in my life where I know the things that aren't. But in New York, you can you can really do anything you want to. So I was doing a lot of drinking, staying up really late, doing you know all kinds of crazy things. Um, and I just reached out to my mama and I said, mom, this is not good for me. I, I, I'm not, you know, not doing well. I'm, I, I was the thinnest I've ever been in my life. I was like not sleeping. And so she said, well, why don't you go to this yoga retreat center I heard about in California? I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I looked it up and it's called the expanding light. And I went, I moved everything. I just got on a, a plane and I just left New York, left everything I owned there. I just left. Um, 
And I moved to this yoga retreat center and I lived there for nine months to a year. I worked in the kitchen and I was a chef in the kitchen and I learned how to meditate. I, I uh, did yoga teacher training. So I like started really getting back into those healthy roots again. And um, then after that, I decided to move to San Francisco to start my own catering company, a natural catering company. And then um, 9-11 hit. <laughs> mm. And so, you know, the everything kind of like plummeted at that point. Yeah. And so I said, okay, I need to leave San Francisco. So I left. Um, and then I started, I moved to Humboldt County where I met my husband that I have now. And then we moved, we moved around a little bit. We, we moved to Oregon where we were married and I was looking for, I did there, I did, I was teaching massage school. I'm a massage therapist. Um, I was also, I did a herbal training and aromatherapy training. And I said, you know, this is, I need more. I want to really like help people at this other, like really amazing level. And so I started looking for an, a natural medical school, um, alternative health, like naturopathic medicine. Um, and I can explain more about what that is too. And so it was in Seattle. So my husband and I were on our honeymoon. I said, Hey, do you mind if we, <laughs> we stop, <laughs> stop by this school? I want to check out. Um, and so we did, and I just fell in love with it. It was like everything that I wanted. And so I went to school there. And I was there for five years getting my naturopathic medical degree. So I have, I think I have over like 15 years of education now with all my background and all different things. I'm always learning. Um, and then when we were graduating or when I was, we, my husband was part of the journey too. <laughs> I said, well, where are we going to move to? You know, um, and all the West coast just seemed to be I don't know, um, overpopulated with people that know about health. Not, not, you know, not everybody does, but so we moved to the South where we are now, where I grew up, um, not, I didn't grow up in Asheville, North Carolina, but that's where we are now where I have my practice. And I really felt like the South needed me <laughs> needed to, you know, learn how to be healthy in a really positive way. So that's like a, a good summary. <laughs> I'm sure you have lots of questions about all the details in there. No, you're not that far <laughs> from me though. I'm in Tennessee. Oh, nice. <laughs> So, so you're not that far from me, but uh, again, no, I, I love that fact that it's that journey that you kept wanting more and you mm -hmm. kept wanting more because so many people don't dream. They don't think they can want more, right? It's exactly. not part of their, their awareness in life. And so they do the minimal and then they get upset because they get back the minimal. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so I love the fact that, you know, you realized at a young age that you had to be better to get better. Mm, so true. Yeah. And I'm all, I'm still working on that. <laughs> I'm a lifelong learner. I mean, a lifelong learner. I've, I've, um, in my law enforcement career, I started out as a dispatcher and we were paid minimum wage mm. because we weren't seen as professionals in the state that mm -hmm. in Wyoming where I lived. And so I, and a couple other um, lieutenants, I was, I was just a dispatcher, but lieutenants from other departments created a program and submitted it to the state to get them state certified as, you know, law enforcement professionals. Mm. And so I was honored to do that, but it was, again, there had to be more, you know, I'm, right. I'm listening to women screaming in my ear, don't let him hurt me anymore. You know, and you want me to get paid at that time. It was like uh, 475 an hour. Oh my gosh. You know, so I'm talking about in the 80s. So we're, you, you know, can't we're even buy a coffee for that anymore. Again. <laughs> so the fact was, is, you know, everybody's talking about more money, more money, more money, but you have to be better to get better. Yeah. So then I went into corrections and I went to a, a correctional academy. Uh, my specialty was hostage negotiation because I could talk people out of crises. Mm hmm. And then when my snowblower broke, I told my husband, I said, we got to move. I can't deal with this. I'm not shoveling snow. The <laughs> snow in Wyoming, the snowdrifts can be 10 feet tall. Right. And I said, no. And he goes, I don't care. As long as I can be a police officer. I said, well, go test wherever you need to test to get accepted. And that's where we're going to go. Mm -hmm. So we moved to South Florida. And I don't know if you know, but my dad's Native American. My mom's white. My mm -hmm. dad's an alcoholic. My mom was physically abusive. That It was a toxic, toxic relationship. And there mm -hmm. was six of us kids caught in the middle. Wow. One day my dad changed his duty station and just didn't come home. Wow. My mother, because of social norms, 
relied on the Catholic Church, and they said a single woman can't raise six kids. Mm. And divorce is not acceptable. So they said, let us help you. And when I turned eight in February, in December, uh, in May, I had my first Holy Communion. In June 6th of that year, I became an orphan. Oh my God. My mother drove away from six kids. Wow. So the fact is, is that I didn't have a voice. Yeah. So uh, again, since early childhood, I didn't have a voice. So in that, I didn't know what to do. I chased her down. I tried to. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have uh, automatic transmissions. Now I'm dating myself here. Okay, we're talking in the <laughs> 60s. <laughs> and they didn't have auto- they didn't have automatic transmissions. Everything was stick shift. And mm-hmm. and so she accelerated the car as I'm chasing her down. I literally ran out of my shoes. And I'm chasing her down. She shifts it in a higher gear, looks up in the rearview mirror and looks me in the eye. And I so at that moment in time, I heard a voice come to me and say, I'm going to be with you all of your life. I'm mm-hmm. here. You're okay. You're going to be okay. There was nobody there, but you know, it was that right. voice. Yeah. So that voice, no, I didn't. And so in that, I love the, I love the fact that in your self transformation, how did, how did it go from your, uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about me, but how did your self transformation roll into spiritual, your spiritual journey? Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. I think, when I moved from, um, well, when I was a young, when young child, you were talking about your, yourself. And I remember we lived in California um, and up in the mountains. And this is in the um, the late 70s. <laughs> Again, I'm dating myself. Most people don't think I'm in my 50s, but I take really good care of myself. Hence, that's why I'm a natural doctor. Um, and so uh, we were living in California and my mom was really into meditation. And so I've, I traveled with her to different like places. Uh, places to learn about meditation. So it kind of like planted that seed. And uh, she had like a little place that she used to meditate in her bedroom. Um, I had this like, I had mushrooms growing up in the carpet in my bedroom. Like, I mean, it was like way natural in the mountains. Right. And we used to go to this uh, um, spiritual center called Quest Haven. And it was I would say it's like a new age kind of health center or uh, spiritual center. And so I think that kind of really planted the seed for me, you know, I, um, for where I am now in learning about spirituality. And then when I moved from New York to California, I really was needing to find myself. I was just like, you know, at the last straw and meditation gives me, and still to this day, it gives me a place of serenity and hope. Mm. Um, Cause I can really, you know, I, like you said, listening to that voice, I can hear my inner voice, you know, and, and like guiding me and helping me to be in the, the place of um, inner choice, making the right decisions, being able to manifest abundance, being able to see a clear path, having the energy to help people move and heal, you know, help people to heal themselves. And I think that's a huge part of my spiritual path. And um, I'm I'm working with my patients all the time and helping them to discover that themselves. I see. And I love that because everybody goes through their own process. Everybody goes through their own path. Mm-hmm. My path was a lot different than yours, but I use, well, I used to do guided meditation and things like that. And I got away from it. And I now sit in the silence mm-hmm. and I allow myself to be my own guide because it'll bring up fears. It'll bring up all those things that we're resisting. And I don't want to resist. I want to allow. Right. So it's helping me. Or when I first started doing it, it was helping me to release all those, those triggers, those um, inner chatter voices and in all of that. So when you get on this journey, how do you follow your dreams in your heart? Mm, yeah. You know, I think, allowing is and allowing the and receiving is such a huge part of that one creating the vision and knowing that and trusting that the vision you can really manifest anything that you want like i'll give a great example um i said to my husband just a couple weeks ago i was like i want to go to costa rica for my birthday which is next year in march he's like oh okay great and then and i've been looking for a retreat that i could go to myself and expand my spirituality and and health and really connect with a greater community of 
people. And so just like last week, I got connected with this retreat center in Costa Rica and they said, we're having a retreat like next uh, June 20th. You should come. I was like, okay. <laughs> so like everything, everything fell into place for me. Like I, I booked it. I, I manifested all of the abundance to for the finance to be able to do it. Like everything came together. And I think that kind of like sums, that's a great example of just like following your true path and allowing and not just like not blocking yourself or, you know, and like, oh, I don't have this or I'm not going to be able to make that happen. And being in the trusting moment and mm. being, you know, it's like, this is the path and I can just move through. And, and when we're in the space or when I'm in the space of really allowing um, unimaginable doors open that I could have never, I could have never thought that I was going to be going into Costa Rica, like in a couple of weeks, you know, <laughs> I just didn't even manifest it, but it manifested because it's an, it's part of my spiritual journey. It's what I'm, it's what's needed for me to expand. And when I do the expansion of myself, I'm able to expand and help my, um, my patients so much more. Absolutely. The thing is, is I've been a shamanic practitioner. I gave up on organized religion when I was eight. Go figure. Right? <laughs> You're like, nope. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And at 16, I started to reach out to my native american side the spirituality of it and at the time in the 70s um even though my dad was native american he was only half native american mm -hmm. and so because there was a lot of stuff going on with the native american culture at that time with you know being treated badly and the government trying to turn natives against natives they didn't trust anybody yeah so unless you were a hundred percent they wouldn't recognize you so mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so I, I can't even get accepted by them. I'm going to accept myself. Let's get mm -hmm. this going. So I started investing in uh, Michael Harner. I don't know, being out in California, if you ever heard mm -hmm. of him. He's now passed, but he's one of the, the first um, individuals that introduced um, the shamanic practitioner of going down to South America mm -hmm. and doing the... Um, Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, ayahuasca mm -hmm. ceremony yeah and bringing it back and telling about it and writing books and so i followed him for years and then it was you know there was several other people that i just it was what my path took me to is what came into my awareness so was i manifesting that absolutely was right. i meeting the people i needed to know was i getting in touch with myself absolutely so i agree with you we mm -hmm. were in maui i'm on a spiritual journey actually one of my places I had to go was Maui because it's half a heartbeat of the earth. Yeah. I used to live there. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, anyway, for nine, nine months. <laughs> uh, I, uh, we went there. My daughter actually went on the journey with us and I took my drum and I drummed out at the seven sacred pools at oh. the, not Hakalika, uh, 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 what is that called? Park. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we did the Hannah Road. We did we did the entire island in five days. That's how much. Oh. We out there. <laughs> wow, so, that's a lot. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but we took a well watching tour. And before we ever left land, I was talking to the naturalist and I said, wouldn't it be nice if a well swam close enough to the boat to get to, to have that experience? And she goes, you know, it would be nice, but it hasn't happened in a long time. They're pretty used to us. They're not the, the wells are not afraid of us. But we just haven't had that encounter in a couple of years. I said, oh, OK, wouldn't it be nice? And she said, yeah, I would. So we departed from the shore. We're on this catamaran. We're out in the out there. And an hour and a half later, a man on the opposite side of the boat of me says, what's that light blue thing in the water right over there, right over the other side of the boat? <laughs> what is that? And she looked and she goes, well, that's a humpback well and her calf. And the light blue is the underside of her fin. And she spun around and she goes, you manifested that. I said, absolutely. What an amazing, amazing experience. Yeah. So the fact is, is you can, you can manifest anything. Right. I mean, yes, it would have been an amazing experience for me, but it was an amazing experience for everyone. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. I love that. And it's true. It's, that's what, you know, especially when we're talking about the health perspective, you know, I'm working with patients in this chronic disease state um, mm. and a lot of mental health, right? Anxiety, depression. I work with the veteran community and, you know, sometimes we, we block our own selves, right? Mm -hmm. From I'm not discounting anyone's health situation, but right. at the same time, we block our, our ability to let go of something that's holding us back, you know, from our true self and, 
and sometimes we need the tools and the support, right, to help us move forward, but we can manifest anything in our health. You know, it's just a state of being. It's in the moment in time. This is where we are. And, we, you know, we're always a step ahead of that. And so it's just about manifesting that. Like, okay, what do I want to manifest in my health today, tomorrow, the next day? I absolutely agree. I love the way that you put it. But how do you help your clients move beyond that addiction behavior mm, or that addiction yeah. pattern? Yeah, I think that's a really great one, you know, and um, especially like I was mentioning, so I, I'm the plant medicine director at the Veterans Healing Farm where I work, one of my <laughs> one of my mini hats. Um, and I work with that community. One, it's a dear place to my heart. Um, I'm not a veteran, but I, I did grow up on a, a, or I was born on a base and my stepfather is uh, a veteran. And the that specific community needs a lot of help when it comes to addiction because, you know, they've had a lot of trauma. Um, and a lot of stuff, man. That nobody can just count what they've experienced. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I, I take a step back and I'm like, wow, can I even relate, you know, to someone that's been um, seen people killed, killed someone, uh, been been raped, uh, but, you know, all these things that happen, um, mm -hmm. some, you know, and so when I know that that's the community I'm working with, I know there's going to be addiction in all different forms. So addiction can be from anywhere ranging from um, alcoholism to opioids, to, uh, to porn, to, uh, coffee. I mean, you know, there's so many different things that we become addicted to, right? Mm -hmm. So when working with addiction, first, we have to identify what the addiction is. <laughs> and that's, that's a big one because a lot of times we can't recognize that it is an addiction. Mm -hmm. And so that's number one. And sometimes we're aware of that people tell us. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 It, it's usually so what nice. happens. Yeah, it's so yeah. yeah. So one is recognizing that addiction and then recognizing what the pattern is when you're called to that addiction. Let's say, for instance, alcohol is your addiction. What is that pattern? Are you trying to suppress a particular emotion? depression, anxiety, those are usually the ones that I see. Um, and so then working really back to that root cause of what is stemming from that, right? Like what is, is driving you to that addiction? Like for me, I would say coffee is probably a big one. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't, I don't have, you know, I try to, I, I limit myself to like one cup a day, but that's or two, right? Yeah. Depending but that's my driver because it, it like, I feel like it helps me to give me energy and helps me get some things done. So I know that that's, you know, that's related to my addiction. So when we're talking about that anxiety, depression, let's talk about the depression piece. Cause that's really huge. And especially in mental health awareness mm -hmm. month, right where we are now. Um, but, or in general, right. Mental health is so huge. And when we're in a, a depressed state, one alcohol depresses us more. Right. <laughs> and so it actually, uh, continues that cycle of being like, you know, like you're a hamster on the wheel, right? It's continuing this cycle of wanting us to drink um, or uh, turn to that addiction to help us to feel better, but it actually makes us worse. So identifying what the pattern is, and sometimes that takes a health practitioner like myself, right? Like, where are you trying to suppress a memory of a trauma? That's really huge. Or maybe you don't remember what the trauma was. You just feel like something happened because that's true a lot of times when I work with patients with extreme trauma. Like, you know, something happened in my childhood, but I don't even remember what it was. I just know that something happened because sometimes we we put it in a box. We just can't deal with it, right? We're just like, mm -hmm. oh, it was so traumatic. Yeah. Um, and so identifying it and then having natural ways to help deal, to help yourself feel better. Right. And whether that's a support with energy or um, herbs to help with the depression, there's lots of different mindset, affirmations, mm -hmm. food, um, of course, uh, doing functional medicine testing where I would actually see, you know, is there something else going on? I need to be aware with like in the brain or with uh, other specific systems mm -hmm. in the body. But yeah, that's a really big piece is identifying it where the trauma either stemmed from or kind of like the feeling of where it came from and then being able to express it and start to relate it, bring it to the present moment to help deal with it. And I find a lot of people, well, addiction is really, really hard because mm -hmm. again, it, it is admitting and owning it that I have this problem. Exactly. That's a huge and piece. <laughs> it, it is a huge piece because a lot of times most people want to numb their brains so that they don't have to remember or feel the pain. Mm -hmm. And then that, that, again, like you said, they suppress it. And yeah. 
I love the way that you put that, Doc, because it's 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 it just amplifies because it covers up the core issue. Mm-hmm. And so that I I just love that. I wish we spoke more about addictions in this country. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's so needed, um, you know, and especially with the, the stigma behind addiction, right? It's like, oh, you're addicted to this. Well, um, how did you do that to yourself? How did you do that to your family? Right. How did you create that? It's like instead of judgment, if we can help them from the the loving place, be the support they need, right? Mm-hmm. And and that I think is a huge shift. One being able to be open, talk about it, uh, respect the person, being you know, helping them with the, all the different tools that we. we we have so many on the planet, right, to help people and um, I, and giving them the resources. And that's a shift. And I think we're, we are changing. It's becoming it's becoming it's better. Slow, but it, we're getting it. We're better because at least now we're seeing mental health conversations in, in commercials saying it's OK to, to, to reach out to get help. Right. Of, you know, there's that guy in the gym and he's weightlifting. And all of a sudden he lets his bar lay on his lap and the guy's going, oh, my God, do you need help? Do you need help? He goes, no, you don't know my family. You know, it's like. <laughs> And that's the truth because it is the shame, the guilt, the blame that we put on ourselves mm-hmm. that amplifies it. So right. I love, 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 the, love this talk. But you have a new book out, don't you? I do have a book out. <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> well, what is it called? It's well, not showing. Come bring it more to it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> detox, <laughs> nourish, and activate. I love it. Plant yeah. and vibrational medicine for energy, mood, and love. Yes. And you're right where I want to talk because <laughs> I have become holistic in my life. I had cancer at 22. Oh, wow. And I had to have a partial hysterectomy because they did an epidural when I, I when I was in labor. Mm. It didn't work. They did an episiotomy. I kept telling them, I'm feeling everything you're doing. I'm feeling it. And the doctors are going, no, no, it's just nerves. It's just nerves. It's just <laughs> you're nerves. like, no, no. <laughs> and I kept, I kept telling them that. So when they unstrap my legs after my delivery, I lift my legs up. I said, do you believe me now? Yeah. And all of a sudden, of course, my husband at the time, my first husband was in the military. So I'm in a military hospital. So they freak. Yeah. So I laid on the same sheet I delivered on for six hours because they were concerned about where the epidural had gone mm-hmm. and what runs rampant in military and in, in all hospitals staff. Right. And I got a staff infection in my uterus. <gasps> oh, how two, awful. Yeah. And two years later, it turned into cancer mm-hmm. because staff likes wet, moist spots. And so, right. that's yeah. what, you know, that's what happens. However, in that it was like, it hit my beliefs. It hit all the things in my life that I hadn't detoxed in my life. And it wasn't from, it was the stuff that I was suppressing. And it was just like, I didn't realize that I was a walking stick of dynamite because all the, all the junk that happened in my life, I'm pressing it down and pressing it down and I'm trying not to react. I was bullied unmercifully. So I'm pressing it down and pressing it down and it just erupts. And so right. I love the fact that on this, uh, as far as detoxing and the holistic medicine to do it, because we have created by having big farm use opioids to treat humankind when the world, the earth provides us all the more, most natural medicines you can have. Mm-hmm. So true. Cure mm-hmm. you of any ailment there is on earth. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about your, your, your herbal medicine and how much I love it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, um, in, in, well, there's two parts of that one part in, in my book. So it's all about, um, plant vibrational medicine. So there's herbal medicine throughout the book that, and the energy mood and love. So it addresses three systems. And so first of all, the title, I'll backtrack, detox, nourish, and activate. So the the first three letters are DNA. So it's all about Mm. our cellular makeup and DNA and how we can detox the the body, nourish the body, activate the body. So our cells, our DNA in our body, the epigenetics around us, everything that affects our cells are um, at the most optimal, optimal function, right? And so through doing that, we can use different sources. We can use plant and vibrational medicines to help elevate and heal ourselves. So the energy, mood, and love piece is the adrenal system. That's Mm. the energy. 
That's so that's the organ right on top of the kidney in the back of the body. And then we have mood that is our brain and nervous system, right? Our connection. And then we have the heart. So it's one, two, three. So the heart's all about love. So the book, it talks about all the, those three systems and really how to elevate those three systems by using plant medicine, aromatherapy, meditation, affirmations, all different things, crystals to really help um, the reader to dive into learning about things they might not have been using in different ways. There's different diagrams, crystal grids, where to place things on your body. It's just, it's an amazing book. It's, it's, it's thick. It's, it's a little thick. It's filled it's with a lot of information. That's okay. Because the yeah. more information out there, the more people they can help. Right. And there's a whole section. Well, there's two main chapters, but it's a lot about trauma. And so if you're tuning in now and you're listening, like, you know, I really want to know how to release this specific aspect of my trauma there. We talk the co-author and I talk about how to identify that trauma, release that trauma in a uh, gentle way, right through different guides in the book and through worksheets. And then there's also a section all about abundance identifying abundance. Are you manifesting in your life? How can you, you know, do you have a past generational uh, abundance trauma in your family tree? Like myself, my family's from Ireland, you know, the potato famine and alcoholism, huge aspects of that specific piece into my, you know, current moment in time. So we're talking about releasing things. I have, um, worked a lot or let go a lot of that within myself. Like I'm not tied to that. I can create whatever I want in my moment and my, whatever I want with my life. Mm -hmm. So the book really helps people walk through that. And um, it's amazing. It's a great tool to, especially if you're new to these alternative modalities, it's a great tool to really like um, elevate you to get you into it, like experimenting and diving into new things. I, I love that because the thing is, is I have, I have uh, realized in my life that when I take like aspirin or something for pain, instead of getting morphine or instead of getting um, some opioid or tramadol, mm -hmm. let me just use tramadol. Mm -hmm. And because when I, I had a head on car collision and this lady pulled out in front of me and I veered to the left, she hit me. It was like passenger to passenger head on. Wow. And so they prescribed tramadol and I wouldn't take it. I saw the effects that it was. And I said, you know what? I'm better off not taking this mm -hmm. and just doing either ibuprofen or mm -hmm. doing Tylenol and meditation to get beyond what I was feeling. I mean, I had fractured every rib on the right side and broke. Oh my gosh. So that, yeah, my seatbelt, my seatbelt cinched and, and so they literally had to cut the seatbelt off of me to get me out of the car. Wow. And so I have learned that I don't want those chemicals in my body because mm -hmm. not only do they affect your mind, but they change your way of thinking. They, they, they affect mm -hmm. people in different ways. So I love the fact that this book is, and, and please email me the link and I'll put it on the, um, announcement when this when this podcast comes out because this is what life is all about is coming back to you healthy safe secure mm. and trusting right so true i love that and you know an interesting piece what you said when we take any type of uh, pharmaceutical, you know, there's a place like if you're, you know, like you said, if you're in the hospital, you've had a huge injury, a lot of pain, we need that that place to, to something that emergency medicine is needed. I just don't want to discount that. Right. But the no, same, yes. <laughs> but at the same time, when we take a pharmaceutical, especially for a long time, like we were talking about suppression, it suppresses your body's natural ability to heal. But when we use something natural, like an herb, or essential oil, a crystal, a meditation, like you said, it, it allows our body's innate ability to heal to be ignited within us. And that's what's really important. And when we take a pharmaceutical, it imprints on the cell and it, it gives a message to our hormonal system that like, when I take this, this is what happens. Like, for example, like um, a thyroid pharmaceutical, um, it gives the message to the thyroid that it doesn't need to work anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's not a good place for our body to be in. We want our body to be having a message like, 
oh, I'm sorry that you're having a little difficulty in doing this on your own right now, but let me give you something to support you. That's actually the message we want something to give our body, right? Not like you're not doing this. Let me replace it. Cause then mm -hmm. when we come off of that medication, it has a backfire, right? Just like opioids. If you try to come off an opioid mm -hmm. in that addiction, which yeah. is a, a huge epidemic, right? When we come off of that, our body backfires. <laughs> so natural things don't do that to our body. It's interesting that you brought up the thyroid because at one point in my life, I had developed a, a nodule on my thyroid. Mm. And the doctor was like, okay, it's a point, uh, 0.05. We'll just watch it. Come back in six months. Mm -hmm. So in six months, it got to 1.0. Mm -hmm. It says, well, when it hits 2.0, we'll take that nodule out. And I'm like, what, what? there's nothing else I can do. There's nothing I can take. There's nothing I can do to help myself. He goes, not really. And so I then said, okay, intuition comes in. Right. My gut system says, okay, there's got to be something. So I started a Googling um, supplements that you could take that would help promote thyroid. And I started, I found milk thistle. Mm -hmm. And milk thistle is amazing. They use it now in cancer patients to help the body accept the, the treatments of, of the chemicals because mm -hmm. the body rejects it because it's, it's man-made and it's not natural. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And I went back to him a year later and he says, what happened to your nodule? <laughs> oh, no, my body healed itself. <laughs> well, I didn't say that because I, I, I really wanted to say some other things to him. And I said, you know, you should really expand your understanding of medicine. And I know you're restricted. A lot of doctors are restricted. Let's just be fair. They're restricted about how and what they can practice. Right. Yeah. I think it's the, you know, from the allopathic or MD perspective, their toolbox is very limited in their training. They're not, they're not trained on, you know, which is fine, but they're not trained on herbal medicine. So they don't, they just have to, a blanket have to say, you can't take it when you're taking the pharmaceutical because they don't know if it's going to be contraindicated, which I appreciate that because there are herbs and pharmaceuticals that are contraindicated. I'm trained in that. And then also like uh, from nutrition, supplements, nutraceuticals, they're not trained. So they just have to say, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything I can do for you. And that's when you're like, oh, you want to seek out someone like myself <laughs> who's really trained and knows like, great, your thyroid's not functioning well. Let's help your thyroid with some great supplements like selenium, like, you know, things your thyroid needs. And, mm -hmm. you know, we can look at diet. We can look at exercise. We can look at hydrotherapy. I mean, there's so many things we can do for the body. And, you know, I think that um, the typical medic medical model is failing. It's extremely failing, which I'm happy because we're real, we're waking up and realizing that that mm -hmm. model is a disease model and we're not a culture that wants to function in the disease model anymore. Right. And so they're either going to have to change or more uh, practitioners and doctors like myself are going to move forward. Right. And I think that's probably well, I think what they will happen. Should. I, <laughs> yeah. I think they should embrace because the thing is, is that um, by me taking milk thistle, it it fixed my thyroid, so I don't have a nodule anymore. They sent mm -hmm. me for a new uh, a new uh, scan on it, and he even said it was on the left side when it, when it was actually on the right side, <laughs> or, or vice versa. He said it was on the right side, which actually was on the left side, and he yeah. could, the doctor couldn't even remember and didn't even <laughs> bother to look at his notes. So I thought, wow, how crazy could this have gotten? Right. And I'm not a fan of surgeries. I'm just not a fan of surgeries because I believe in my journey, I use frequencies to help people heal. Mm -hmm, and exactly. that these, these healing moments, when they trust and believe it is quantum physics because it's that placebo effect. Science right. actually explains spirituality or hides spirituality in the placebo effect. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so true. I love that. Yeah, it's true. So it's, it's, yeah. it's like, so I, you didn't realize how excited I was that you were coming here. And when I said, I am honored and excited for you to be here, it was like, Dr. Lulu, I wasn't lying. I was being real raw and rare. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You know, what I love about what I do too, is it takes science because I'm trained in a hundred percent of the science and physiology of the body and nature. It brings them together as one, mm. which is, you know, our body is a system bot, a system 
system. <laughs> I can't think of the word. It's system based, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So we have different, different systems in the body. We have the endocrine system. We have the urinary system. All those systems function together, but they and they need help um, functioning well, right? So I need to know the science part. I need to know how a cell works and um, how it's going to, uh, what the liver cells are, how they're going to accept milk thistle, how they can help the transformation, you know, all that part. It makes me the lovely science geek that I am. <laughs> and then when I take the nature part, the herbalism, all the other aspects, it's like a perfect marriage, you know, it's a harmony. And that's, it's like, that's a harmonic medicine. Like you said, that vibrational piece. So I, and, and so I just absolutely love, love, love this conversation. I could talk to you for hours <laughs> I'm just, because the thing is that there's so many things like I had PTSD as a child. Mm -hmm. And when I reached out to a psychiatrist, because my story is so, so unusual, mm -hmm. He wanted me as a case study. He didn't care about me as a patient. And I said, you know what? You're like, no, have no nice, thanks. You know, have a nice day, doctor. I right. Yeah, I don't want to be your you guinea pig. Sign this document. I said, I'm a minor. I can't sign diddly squat, you know? Yeah, no, thank you. And and then when I thought, okay, you just want to use me to push your, your agenda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's when it was like, okay, now I've got to start taking care of myself physically, mentally, emotionally. Right. And spiritually. Yeah. And that's why I went to the shamanic practitioner side of life. Yeah. And so I love the fact that you're homeopathic. I love the fact that you believe in natural medicine. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact, what I didn't tell you is my mother and father were both in the military. Mm -hmm. They've, they met at Fort Dix, New Jersey. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, yeah. So that's how they met. They got married. And when she got pregnant back in the fifties, the military mm -hmm. says, we're not prepared for women to be pregnant in the military. Right. Yeah. We're like, uh, what's yeah, going to happen again. now? You're going to have a baby. <laughs> so society norm says, you know, we're, we're, we'll give you a dishonorable discharge. You can become a dependent and your children will be covered. And that was their solution for women in the military that got pregnant. <laughs> and as, as ludicrous as that is. Right. It's crazy. It is. But in that Many people don't realize that society norms has a lot to do with holistic medicine and mm -hmm. how it's been suppressed for centuries. Right. Yeah. So true. So I just, again, talk about being of the light. I, mm -hmm. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm anticipating this conversation. <laughs> Yes. You know, um, I think a great place to start with that is the place of, be, of light in general, of vibration, right? And so we, if we think about the sun, the sun is just a ray of energy, a ray of vibration. And we experience that when we just go outside and sit on our deck and soak in that sun and that radiation. And so our bodies are a being of that. We're energy, we're photons and water, we're electricity and water. So we're beings of light. And as a being of light on this planet, you know, I've always known my mission is to one, experience that myself, to know what that means for myself. And that's really about for me, shining the light inside me as bright as I can to help other people to shine their light and, and know that the, the joy within them, right? And help them to find that joy. And when we're brighter, we help other people to be brighter. And that for me, that being a light is really a journey to discover how I can shine brighter, how I can find more happiness, find more joy beyond my path to be on or beyond, <laughs> beyond that path to really walk in the, the footsteps of, I don't know, just happiness really to, and, and I think I kind of expressed that in my, in my story of like moving from New York to California, I was like, this is not me. That was a, a part of my journey. And I realized I was a little bit of trauma for sure during that time period, but it was an experience that I, needed to help elevate me to find myself deeper. And um, I think that's a big part of, of being a being of light. <laughs> well, I also, I also think that just from my perspective, I see like, I've seen so much of what humanity does to humanity and it's horrible. Yeah. And so if I can connect with somebody that's like-minded like you mm -hmm. and understand it and our vibrations connect and it elevates and we pass that message on. It's that mm -hmm. rippling effect on the planet. Right. So we're sending out this energy. We're sending out this frequency that love is okay. 
Right. Yeah. So true. I love that. And so you attract more people, you attract more things into your world. You attract that less drama, you attract a, the less self-sabotaging you, uh, you attract the trust instead of self-doubt. Yes. Yeah. We've been in that place on the planet for too long. Yes. Right. And I think yes. that that's the thing other two, you know, people are waking up, they're realizing one that they're and that the pandemic was traumatic, but also had good side effects. And that's one of them is that people were given the ability to wake up and realize they weren't happy with their life. Now, if they lost a loved one, of course that's traumatic and mm -hmm. then lost their job or had financial changes, but it allowed them to see that they weren't happy in their life. Like myself, <laughs> another bit, bit of my quote unquote trauma, um, not, not trauma, but just a transformation because right. all, all yeah. trauma is transformation. But sure. I had a large clinic of 18 people pre-COVID. And as soon as COVID hit, I, you know, um, every one of my practitioners except for four dropped immediately off the, like, they're like, no, I can't do this. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? You know, I have this huge clinic that all, and I need to pay for all of these things. And I said, uh, that's it. I'm going to close it. And so I closed it and I've never been happier um, because I could, I can be more true to what I want to do and help patients. And I have much more freedom and flexibility. I'm working in my home office, seeing patients all over the world. I have more time to work at the farm. And, you know, I wouldn't have, I didn't, I created that. Of course I create my own experience, but I wouldn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have, um, I didn't think that was going to be the crux. <laughs> well, you know, the thing was, is, is most people, they, you know, they poo poo astrology and I'm not to say that I I'm fluent in astrology, but I know enough mm -hmm. and it's not about the astrology science. It's of the planets. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the alignment <laughs> mm -hmm. of the planets and the frequencies that they put out. Mm -hmm. And we have been in the Piscinian age, which was about power, control, and greed right. for centuries. Yeah. And in yeah. In December, all of COVID in my mind happened because of one, it was man-made, but two, they thought they were going to teach people a lesson. And what happened is the lesson that they, they taught humanity was we don't trust you. And now we know you're trying to harm us. We're going to look for other avenues to go. And then that's when it exploded and backfired. Mm -hmm. Because they dismiss natural uh, uh, Im immunization. Your ability of your natural immunization in your body is so much stronger than any vaccine you could get. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, is I lived through the time of polio. Mm -hmm. My mom and did when, too. She was one of the first ones that was vaccinated. And so that was, but they told us as the vaccination, this is not going to stop you from getting it. Right. They always it's say that. Stop it from killing you. Right. Yeah. So there was, there was no covering it up. There was no misinformation. There was no, you know, one person tell one story, one person tell another story. Well, there wasn't any of that. Right. It was it black was and white. <laughs> very extremely out there rare. I call it rare, real and raw. Right. And so the thing is, is, and then when I, I literally saw John F. Kennedy get killed on TV. Wow. I saw Martin Luther King get killed on TV. Mm -hmm. I saw Bobby Kennedy get killed on TV. I saw women burning their bras and I'm like, why are you there? What? They're burning their bras. I'm 10 years old. I'm not even developed. I don't even know what a bra right, yeah. is. What's happening? You know? So it was all this chaos. Mm -hmm. And then we hit the seventies and it became, well, you hit the, the late sixties and all of a sudden it, it's the flower child. They were trying to label that generation for what they were doing to dismiss them. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what are we doing today? People are canceling people's, you know, canceling them because they don't like what they say. Right. You're just canceled. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, like, wait a minute, you can't cancel me. <laughs> I'm a person. I'm thinking, oh, I'm, that was my question. It's like, well, if you don't like what I have to say, but you don't want to listen, but you want me to listen to you. Where's the problem here? Right. Freedom, right. It's all about freedom. <laughs> yeah, It is about freedom of speech, but it's mm -hmm. all about getting beyond the intolerance. It's all about opening the minds. And mm -hmm. I'm grateful that more people are opening their minds to yeah. the possibilities of other things. Right. And free, you know, we just not, we don't need to go all into this, but with the, all the abortion that's happening right now with a anti-abortion, I should say women, we need to have our freedom. You know, we've been, 
they're so long that we've been given this, like, you know, we need to make the choice, whatever it is as women, as people right. on the planet, we need to make the choice for ourselves. And, um, I think that that is, it's disheartening when, whatever it is, you know, we need to have, a, we need to have every race, every person, every human on the planet be acknowledged, whatever choice they want to make. Um, and that I agree to a point, but here's the, here's the law enforcement side. And there's a, some states that have uh, a woman can abort a child up to their due date. Yeah. Okay. Now I don't agree with that because right. if let's say you get shot, that person that shoots you gets charged with two homicides. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Wow. Because they've killed a baby. Right. And they've killed the mother. Wow. So the fact is, is we have, we have a double, double standards. Yeah. Different laws. Yeah. It needs to so be. The thing is, is, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm not against abortion. I'm against abortion being the alternative to accountability and responsibility and using it as a form of birth control. I am against it for that purpose. Yeah. And, and the women need to be supported, right? Teens, uh, unwed mother, all, you know, the, when we're talking about support, that's the piece, right? Is like, and they need to have the support and reach out like, you know, when they're, they don't know, like sex <laughs> education. I know we're getting way off subject. No, no, sex it's, good, but it's a great topic yeah, for women. Yeah, yeah exactly. Love it. And you know, when I was in school and had sex education, it was nothing, nothing. And, and there was also, there was boys in the class. And, you know, and that, I, and then when I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, women, we need to be empowered about how our body works, what we can do naturally when our body doesn't work right, how we mm -hmm. can turn to people for support, what the changes we go through when we um, go through pregnancy, after pregnancy, perimenopause, menopause, if we're just clueless, you know, and I, I, and that's changing, but that's my mission. One of my missions is to really help empower women, right? You know, so you are in charge of your body, your health. You should know how your body works, what to do when your body doesn't work. You have the knowledge, you have the support team. All of that comes into play. <laughs> oh, I agree. But, and, and here's the thing is, is nowadays, and, and this is unfortunate back in the, in the nineties, I had to defend four boys against false rape charges from girls. Wow. So, you know, we don't, women, we don't need to compete with men. Right. We have enough superpowers in ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we just look at ourselves and get beyond the politics, get beyond the labels, get beyond the, the mom persona, get beyond the, 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 um, the excuses we tell ourselves so that we feel better about our decisions mm -hmm. and just become that empowered woman. Right. Yeah. So important. Yes, it, it is. And the thing mm -hmm. is, is once women start supporting women beyond politics, right, we can accomplish so much more. I was I was disappointed when they did a woman's march and then told women that were, were uh, pro-life couldn't join because they were pro-life. Right. It should be anyone. anyone. I agree. Right. Absolutely. That yeah. is the message. You know, if right. they can have a million man march and they're not saying, OK, well, what's your politics? What's your personal beliefs and have a criteria to go through? No, that's not a march. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a controlled is, environment, right? Exactly. But yeah. the fact is, is when we become that competitive edge, thinking that we have to compete with men, we don't. We will accomplish more in our lives by being women, even if we were tomboys like I was, because mm -hmm. that was my survival skills. Right. And the fact is, is I, I was in a masculine world for 40 years, Yeah. but I held my own. I stepped to the plate. I was equally as strong a team member as everybody else there. So in that, it was fighting the, fighting that persona, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fighting that persona that, oh, you just want to see naked men because you're working at a penitentiary. No, that's not it. But, you <laughs> that know, would... that was... You know, oh gosh, but that, that, was, is, that was the idea. That's a crazy And so the persona. fact was, it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. No. You're like, no, that's not it. <laughs> but this is what they thought this of every woman that went to work out. Wow. There. So it wasn't crazy. like me specifically. It was just a common understanding of the male mindset at that point. 
Right. Which it has shifted a lot, a huge, you know, we're, especially the generation that is coming up now, we're having lots of shifts in the perspective of how we perceive everyone, you know, and I think that's, that's important moving forward is everyone has a voice, everyone has a place and uh, the freedom to make those decisions on their own. I agree wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. So give my audience <laughs> three tips that they can do in their life, put today in their life that would help them take one step through that threshold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. You know, I think what we talked about before with meditation, I think that's number one and it's super easy and to bring in and to see amazing transformation to start easy a few minutes a day, whether that's five minutes where you're connecting to yourself, to your inner place of peace, right? So that you can then find your path, find your joy, find your purpose. I think that's, that's number one for sure. Um, number two is movement. <laughs> it's so important for us to have some sort of movement and exercise and not just because the studies show how important it is, but when we're in the movement, when we move our body, we allow ourselves to be in flow, right? And if you're having, you're listening, you're like, you know, I don't even know how to start moving. I, I have chronic pain or it's hard for me. Just start slow, you know, do some stretching, get outside and walk. Mm -hmm. So movement is key because then we have the energy for our body, all the systems and the blood for the brain right? So important. I love it. And then I would actually think water is number three. I know these <laughs> seem really basic, but when we, they're so important, our body is a huge percent of water, right? And I, I would say probably 75% of the people are dehydrated. <laughs> when I ask you, if you feel thirsty, you've been dehydrated for a while, right? Exactly. I know I went for a walk, a hike yesterday with my husband, and I didn't realize it was going to be like, uh, to an hour uphill and I didn't bring enough water and I was so dehydrated and I was so mean and angry. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, water is so important because our cells need it. Every piece, our brain need it, needs it. Our joints need it. Our spiritual side needs it. Right. We need to be an open container when that container is dried out vibrationally, we can't receive. So it's physically, emotional, spiritually. So those are my three tips. Super easy, but very, very important. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And see, the thing is, is it doesn't have to be complicated. No, it doesn't. <laughs> we're, sim we're simple. Yeah. And when it, you know, I would say if I was going to have a fourth one, <laughs> it's all about eating good food, reducing mm -hmm. inflammatory foods because our bodies are in a state of stress, especially they have, we have a lot of cortisol and inflammation. So remove gluten, sugar is huge. Re reduce your sugar intake, reduce your dairy intake, the things that are causing inflammation so your body can actually function. <laughs> I love that. But also, see, I was using fresh fruit as a form of a snack. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it, <laughs> it's a lot of sugar, sugar. <laughs> right? Yeah, a lot of sugar and fruit. Yeah, choice, choose healthy sugar yeah. choices, right? And yeah. balance them out. You want to have at least eight to, uh, to 10 servings of fruit and vegetables per day, not per week, per day. <laughs> and, and so take a look at that. But yeah, fruits can um, can cause a sugar imbalance if you're on that diabetic edge, right? Mm -hmm. So it's uh, you can have an insulin spike. So it's really important that you're being aware of that and look at those high sugar fruits like bananas, pineapples, you know, things like that. And not necessarily remove them, but limit them and have mm -hmm. more of those other fruits. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Doc, it is that time to sit back, <laughs> to relax, close your eyes and take a deep breath in. And I want you to connect to your inner five-year-old child. And what would she say of you today about how far you've come? <sighs> Uh, just amazing. I think it would be, yeah, follow your heart, follow your dream. You're on the right path. I, I can't believe how far you've come. I think, you know, and every day give yourself a pat on the back and, and look to acknowledge what you've done. Don't forget what you've done. I think that's a huge one. You know, I, um, I had a, a conversation with my, um, grandfather who passed a long time ago when I was in that same age range recently with a person, a spiritual um, healer. And he came forward and said how proud he was of me. You know, it's going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> but the but thing is, is your, your inner child is also saying you took a lot of risk. You took a lot of risk and it could have turned out bad. Right. Yet you listened to yourself enough mm -hmm. to make better decisions. 
And that's how your life changed. And she is so grateful that you did that so because terrible. it could have been totally different. <laughs> yeah. Each moment it could be different. <laughs> <laughs> but right. from that five-year-old child to, to living right. in New York, my husband's from New York, but it's mm -hmm. up it's Yonkers. So it's mm -hmm. outside of the city, yeah. but it still was totally crazy there. We went there and I don't know how you lasted nine months. I couldn't, <laughs> I, don't last, know I couldn't last three days. You yeah. Know? I don't know either. It was just, I was a different, different person, but yeah. Um, the five-year-old in me says, have fun. And I, mm. and, you know, enjoy being outside, do what you're doing, be in nature. You know, that's the five-year-old. That's what I did. I spent most of my time in the garden and loving nature and having fun. And I, that's been my motto for the past couple of years is to be fun, embrace fun, have the adventure. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Dr. Lulu. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being you're here. You're welcome. Thank you, you for having me. You speak my heart. You speak my heart. <laughs> you speak my, my frequency, my light. And so again, thank you so much. Hang thank on. you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. It takes a special kind of individual to dream their thoughts and ideas and it turned it into their reality. Dr. Lulu has stepped past her fears. She stayed the course. She had the courage to do the follow through through the end. No matter what that was, she just knew she would want it better. Dr. Lulu Shimlick, you've championed yourself. Now we know who you've become. Thank you for sharing your ideas, your thoughts, your dreams, and your new book with us here today.